0: Welcome to Central. So glad you can join us uh, today. As I was thinking about the water, I was reminded of a a tale of two longstanding church members who'd taken a new believer out fishing with them. Each of the men were passionately declaring their faith in, in God when a gust of wind blew one of the men's hats into the water and the longstanding church member got up out of the boat, walked over to the hat, picked it up, put it on, came back into the boat and sat down. No one said anything, but the new Christian was thinking, wow. A couple of seconds later, another gust of wind came, blew the other long standing member's hat into the water, and he too got up out of the boat, walked over to the hat, and basically picked it up, it came back to the boat, and, and nothing was said. Uh, the new Christian is thinking, "Man, this is unbelievable! If if they can do that as as believers, then surely I can." And he kind of helped his hat fly into the water, and he took one step out into the water and promptly sank. As he was uh, making his way back into the boat, one long-standing member looked at the other and said, "Do you think we should have told him about the sandbank on this side of the boat?" <laughs> I love that story because in seasons like this, especially as we were heading into Easter, I really had that sinking feeling as the reality dawned on me that we would be celebrating Easter as a scattered church. Now, in moments like that, all I can do is throw myself on the goodness of God. And and I tell you, God really worked. Last weekend, even though we were the church scattered, we saw record participation over Easter, higher than anything that we've ever experienced before. More than that, we were able to connect with 75 new households for the first time. And get this, even more joyful than all of that is that last week, 147 people indicated that they wanted to receive the peace of God. Isn't all of that amazing? I think one of the reasons why last weekend resonated with so many people is essentially because there's so much anxiety in the world. Our staff have been encouraged uh, to reach out to everyone who calls Central Home. And last week, Steve Todd, he runs the Playland, he reached out to a family and he just called that family Soon after the phone call, Steve received an email, and I want to read to you what this email said. The email said this I just wanted to say thank you. You called just as I was done speaking with my husband about the issue over his work and how they were handling paychecks, and I was upset. Your call came at the right time, and I thank you so much for praying with me. It was such a comfort. God has shown me I have been putting too much security in my bank account instead of him. And sometimes he gets our attention in a sharp way. As scary and uncertain as things seem, I'm thankful for God always using situations to draw us closer to and to depend more on him than anything else this world can offer Thank you again for your prayers and your words of comfort. As I was thinking about that, I I think the lesson that I'm learning in all of this is simply this. God rules over the chaos. And in this season, the best thing that I can do is to trust him to lead me through it. The series that we're starting today, we'd originally penciled in for later in the year, but as we were praying, I really got the sense that the Spirit was calling us to pull this series forward because we need some scriptural handles to navigate the season that we're sailing through. As I shared on Central Midweek just last week, one of the keys for navigating a crisis is thinking correctly. So for the first part of this message, I want to give us a lesson in theology, albeit from a slightly different angle. And I want to jump in by saying this, as stormy as the seas may be, I believe God is calling his people to sail in them as if we're sailing in open water. When Peter walked on the water, he sank, not because Jesus' people don't walk on water, but because he looked at the waves. When the disciples were in the boat with Jesus, he rebuked them because with him in the boat, they can sail through every storm. You see, in both stories, it's not the state of the seas that's the issue. It's the state of the disciples. It's not in both stories. The issue in both stories is not the the chaos out there. The issue is the chaos in here. As I pondered that, I began to see something that I hadn't seen before. I began to see that the way God deals with the chaos in the sea is how God deals with the chaos in me. As I dug deeper into this, I began to see how in the Old Testament, the chaos in the world, the evil of the world, is kind of pictured using two symbols. The first symbol is of the raging sea. The second symbol is of Leviathan or Rahab. It's that sea serpent. It's that dragon of the sea. Both the raging sea and the sea serpent are used to depict the chaos and the evil that there is in the world. Now, theologically, I would put that truth like this. What is true for Yahweh, then God's name, covenant name in the Old Testament, what is true for Yahweh's dealings with the sea is true for Jesus' dealing with sin. Again, in the Old Testament, that that picture for chaos and evil. Involves the sea and the monster within it. Listen to the way that Psalm 74, 12 through 14 depicts God's encounter with evil and chaos. This is what it says. But God is my king, and long ago, he brings salvation on the earth. It was you who split open the sea by your power. You broke the heads of the monster in the waters. It was you who crushed the heads of Leviathan and gave it as food to the creatures of the desert. In Job 41, 1 through 11, God makes it clear that only he can deal with with the serpent of the sea. And if there's a similarity between the way that the chaos in the Old Testament of the sea and the the kind of chaos of sin works, it's namely this. What is true about the way chaos works in the depth of the sea is often true for the way that chaos works in me. In the Old Testament, chaos is unseen, and then, whoosh, suddenly it appears. I remember going uh, kayaking with Jonas when we lived in Florida on the Gulf, and and suddenly, out of nowhere, from underneath, a school of dolphins appeared around the kayak. I was so freaked out initially, thinking that it was sharks, but when I realized it was dolphins, my fear subsided. But the point is, it came from underneath, and it appeared suddenly. Suddenly. The New Testament talks about chaos that lives inside of us being unseen and suddenly exploding from within. And I think that's the similarity. The similarity there is is the way that the sea works and what God does with it. But there's a dissimilarity too in that, and I'm oversimplifying here once again, what is split apart in the Old Testament see, is covered over in the Old Testament saint. In other words, God covered over sin in the Old Testament saint until such a time that Jesus would come to die and defeat it. You see, the Bible uses a term for the power of sin within, and it's called the the sin nature. But Jesus died in order to defeat that sin nature. Listen to the way that this defeat is described in Romans chapter 6 and verse 6. Paul says this, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So this is what we discover. The God who calmed the chaotic seas Is also the God who calms the chaos in me. That's what we celebrated Easter weekend. That because Jesus died, sin has been defeated. So, is that it? Is that all there is to say? Clearly, that's not the case. Why else am I speaking to an auditorium that is empty? And to a church that is scattered, this reality clearly demonstrates to us all that chaos still exists. So how as believers do we respond to that? How as believers in a crisis like this are we to think about that? In the context of the Old Testament, see, passages like Psalm 93, 3 and 4 become really important. Listen to what the psalmist describes there. Listen to this reality. The psalmist says, the seas have lifted up, Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. You see, God may have done battle with Leviathan, but the reality is the seas still rage. But this is what the psalmist says next mightier than the thunder of the great waters, mightier than the breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. In other words, the psalmist is declaring that when the waters rage, God subdues them. When the waters rage, God subdues them. In the same way, when the the sin nature in us rages, Passages like Romans chapter 6, 11 through 14, remind us that even though the sin nature has been defeated, it is dying as if it is kicking and screaming. And so the truth here is also very simple. Though God has conquered the chaos of both sea and sin, they still cause problems. But these problems, they do not and they cannot ever threaten God's sovereignty. So friends, what does that mean for us in this COVID-19 crisis? It means that we do not need to worry about the church. We do not need to worry about the mission of Christ. God has always promised to build his church. He has always protected his church. He always has, and he always will. Crisis need never avert our confidence that God will win. So again, is, is that it? Does that mean that we can simply sail off into the sunset? Yes and no. See, one of the biggest background stories in the book of Job is how Job slowly becomes aware of the reality that while chaos will never dethrone God, it will seek to destroy Job. The way I would describe that is this. Job knows of evil forces at work in the world. If you read Job 26 verse 12, Job even talks there of Leviathan. Job knows of the reality of evil in the world. But the story of Job turns on the fact that Job doesn't realize how this evil Personally affects him. It's not until God appears on the scene and reveals to Job the background story of the accuser's attempts to take Job down, that Job becomes aware of the effect of chaos on him. And in that moment, Job begins to ask God how it is that he as God can coexist with the chaos in the world. And God responds to that by saying, Job, this answer is too big for you to handle. But again... Here's the point. The chaos in the world does affect us, but it becomes more powerful when you and I allow it to destroy our peace. Let that sink in. Chaos in the world does affect us, but it does, it does become even more powerful When we, like Peter as he walked on the water, when the disciples as they sailed in the boat, when we allow the chaos out there to destroy our peace. And this is the good news today, church. The good news is this. In all the chaos that exists out there, God has provided ways to ensure that the chaos in the world does not cause chaos in us. If there's a truth that we're hoping for you to grab onto in this series, it's simply that. The chaos that's out there in the world doesn't have to cause chaos in you. I love the way the Apostle Paul ends the book of Romans. He ends the book of Romans with this phrase. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Notice this, please. It's not under God, the peace's feet. It's under your feet. You see, as you take that step confidently, even into a chaotic world, you will experience the God of peace crushing the accuser under your feet. Why? Because God has provided ways for you and I to face the chaos in this world without it causing chaos in us. In this series, we're gonna unpack those ways, and we're calling those ways waypoints. Now, a waypoint is a predetermined point on a map or a chart. Essentially and literally, a waypoint is the point at which two lines cross. A waypoint in that moment becomes a a stopping point. Now, waypoints are important for everyday life. Just ask a fisherman. A waypoint leads a fisherman to the place they need to be to do the thing that they're called to do. Now, before electronic devices like GPSs and everything else, fishermen found a, a key spot simply often on accident. And then what they would do is they would pick out their book and they would write down the coordinates because those coordinates would enable that fisherman to come back to that spot over and over again, year after year after year. One fifth generation fisherman from Cedar Key in Florida by the name of Mike Davis explained waypoints to me and the significance of that waypoint book that he had like this. Listen to what he says. The first thing I noticed when my dad gave me my waypoints book was how thick it was. It was full of all kinds of information that would help me navigate my way to special waypoints. Because of the time and effort of my dad to write all the stuff down in this book, my family has never gone hungry. Even when we had no money to buy food, the directions in this book always took me to enough spots to find something to eat. Stone crabs, uh, stone crab claws, shrimp, and grouper. Now, What Mike said next was so notable, I wrote it down, and I wanna read it to you. Listen to what he said. Mike said this, I cannot stress enough the importance of what's been recorded in this book and passed on to me. My family has ensured that we keep this information and pass it down from generation to generation. We have experienced firsthand the ability this book has to direct us to basic life sources. If the wisdom in this book was ever lost, we'd have to start all over again, and this is something that we could not do in one lifetime. This book is the work of many generations, but it's information that you share with the people that matter most to you. You don't keep it to yourself. You share it with those that you love. I I love that. I I love it because isn't that what the Bible is? Isn't the Bible, God's wisdom, passed on to us from generation to generation? Isn't it God's love given to us to ensure that when the storms come, we can sail safely through it? You see, if you think about this, biblical waypoints are markers for decision-making. They are guidance that God wants us to discover. And in this series, what we want to do is we want to share with you a number of those waypoints, a number of those stopping points, a number of those principles that we need to look at when we recognize that the chaos out there is causing chaos in me. The first waypoint I want to share with you today is simply this. Admit you're adrift. Admit you're adrift. When you find that the chaos out there is causing chaos in you, admit you're adrift. When the chaos in the, out there has nothing to do with the chaos in you, but you still feel the chaos, admit you're adrift. Let me ask you, have you ever been around someone who refused to admit that they were adrift and it almost led you into danger? That was my experience. I was 15 years old, and my dad invited me to go on the first vacation that I would ever spend w- with my dad. He'd recently got married for the fourth time, and he was taking his wife, and his, uh, who would become my stepbrother, on vacation, and they invited another couple uh, to come with us. We were on the Norfolk Broads, which is a part of, uh, of England where you can rent a boat and you can kind of uh, cruise through the canals. And uh, he rented the biggest and the best boat that you could have. And that particular day, I remember we were sailing through a stretch of water called the Braden Waters. This was essentially a stretch where the canals met the sea. That particular day, it was stormy. And as we're sailing through the Braden waters with the sea on either side, the wind blowing, the engine cut out. My dad tried to restart it. It wouldn't start. And slowly we started to drift towards the chaotic waters. My dad decided to use the radio to go on radio for help. But the guy we were with would have nothing to do with it. The the idea of calling for help for him was never going to happen. And so he tried and tried and tried again to get the thing started. And all the while we were drifting further and further into the chaotic waters of the sea. It ended up with me having to put on a life jacket since I was the the best swimmer there and and actually uh, tie the boat around one of those markers, one of those uh, posts in the sea. You see, that man's refusal to admit that we were adrift and needing, needing help actually led us into greater danger. See, friends, the principle here is told in James chapter 4 and verse 6, which says this God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. Admit you're adrift. This week, my attention turned to reopening. And uh, what would happen when we'd reopen? It's been the topic of conversation all across the nation. What does reopening look like? And if you've been following the news, you realize how difficult that is. And, And when the reality dawned on me that reopening the church may not be as easy as I thought, I'll admit in that moment, the chaos out there caused chaos in me. I'd honestly thought that what would happen would be that one day we would be the church scattered and the next Sunday we would all be the church gathered. It would be as simple as that. And this week the reality dawned on me, it may not be that simple and I found my peace shattered. In that moment, God was gracious to me. And I kid you not, in that exact moment, I received a text message. And this is what the text message said. This morning, I was praying for you. And I was struck by the fact that Jesus is interceding for you. And then in capital letters, in in big letters, right now. And that his intercession for you is filled with the deepest wisdom possible. As he knows in capital letters again, exactly what you need. And then the person said this, I pray you will sense him giving you clear directions as you navigate in the new waters that we are sailing in right now. Friends, this is not a person from our church. This is not a person who realized that we were doing a series called Open Water. This is not a person who was a part of our planning team and realized that I was talking about navigating choppy waters. They didn't know that, but God did. And in that moment, when I was tempted to allow the chaos of the world to actually come in and destroy my peace, God was gracious and merciful to me and just correctly and rightly reoriented my mind to realize that God rules over the chaos. And if I trust him, he will lead me through this. I wrote back to that person right then, right in that moment. And this was their reply. Craig, what was funny is that I was literally on my knees praying for you, and the Holy Spirit said to me, get up and start texting again, capital letters, right now. God knew the perfect timing. See, in that moment, what I needed to do was to admit that I was adrift, to admit that I was tempted to allow the chaos out there, the things that I cannot control out there, the stormy seas to actually destroy the peace in me. And friends, when I do that, when we do that, we sink. I really believe that in through this series, God wants to teach us that the key to dealing with the chaos out there is to admit when there's chaos in here. Now, that chaos comes in all forms. Sometimes it's what's out there. Sometimes it's what we're wrestling with in here, those hurts that we've been carrying around for a lifetime. Sometimes it's, it's what's behind us. Sometimes it's what's ahead of us. But no matter what it is, when we're willing to admit that we're adrift, that we're in danger of going into those stormy waters, When we admit that, God is more than willing to come to us and actually subdue the chaos in us and give us his peace. Friends, this is not just my story. This is many people's stories, and this is Linnell's story too.
1: have kids until I was 30 so you know we waited a while and uh, I just loved being a mom I was that quintessential mom that you know baked the cookies and did silly songs we made forts in the living room and I just loved it I hated it when they had to go back to school after every break um, but you know it wasn't until they kind of started growing up in life and getting their own direction and taking their own steps and some I liked some I didn't and um, I started to have another identity crisis like who am I going to be when they leave oh I eat a potion <laughs> this is so fresh I started to kind of lose lose my way a little and uh, I was at Celebrate Recovery and we'd say the serenity prayer every week and I just kind of looked up and read those verses or read that, um, I read the serenity prayer just differently that day and said, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And I just thought, you know what, I can only change me and um, I just need to love them where they are and, and trust God with their stories and it was gonna be okay. So, you know, I kinda of worked through some things and I started my own business and I've traveled a lot and I'm really starting to enjoy this season of life. I've refound that my identity is in Christ alone and uh, when I keep it there, I'm able to stay more centered in life and respond to life in a more healthy way. My name is Linnell, and this is how God is moving in my life.
0: Don't you just love that? I just love the fact that Linnell recognized that there was chaos in her life. And she recognized that she needed to admit it. And it's so interesting that in admitting that, God is enabling her to work through the pain of it, yes, but is also leading her into a future that she would never have imagined. You see, friends, that's what happens when we're willing to admit that we're adrift. That's what happens when we're willing to admit that the chaos is rising up in us. And friends, when we're willing to do that, we give God the permission to actually subdue do that and to fill us with his peace. Let me ask you, what are you wrestling with in the chaos that we're traveling through right now? What is on your heart? Friends, admit you need God's help and allow God through the Holy Spirit to come in and give you the direction that you need. As we've said all the way through, if we're only willing to trust God, then he will give us the peace that we need to travel through open water, whether it is a stormy sea or as calm as can be. So through this series, we're going to give waypoints, and we want you to to engage with these waypoints with us. Now, if you're new to Central or if you've been with us a little while, you may not be aware that with every series, we, we put up questions. And so accompanying this message today, there are questions. There's also the scripture passages that I've used that will enable you to dig deeper into this message, in addition to which we want to do something else. In addition to encouraging those of you who have small groups to meet virtually, if you can, we're also seeking to connect a number of you who may be new to Central into virtual groups We want to, in a sense, do open water together. And so on the uh, online platform right now, if you are casting this and you can see the chat box, you're going to see a little pop-up window at the bottom third that encourages you to do open water together. Open water together. If you are interested in joining one of these virtual groups to dig deeper into the series, to dig deeper into how God works through the chaos in us, then what I would encourage you to do is to click on that link. It'll take you to a connection card, put in the information, and our team will get back to you as quick as we can. These groups happen on a Sunday afternoon, and they will happen on a Wednesday evening. We have groups for men, and we have groups for women, and they're going to be led by some of the key people in our church, even of our staff. Now, some of you may not see that. So once again, I'd encourage you to take out your cell phone and then open the messaging portion of your phone and type in this number, 616-425-5378. You see the number there right there on the screen, 616-425-5378. And what we would like you to do is to simply type your name. And again, our team will get back to you and connect you with an online group where you will be able to work through some of those principles that are laid down in God's Word that are designed to lead us safely through the chaos that we experience in the world. Once again, that number, 616-425-5378.